Welcome to The Real Deal, where God, His purposes, and His people are celebrated. I'm Rachel Inouye, bringing you encouragement through real life, people, and their stories. It's The Real Deal. Hey, let's get started. Okay, I am so excited. Those of you who are real dealers, this is my first time ever having my guest John Gallagher with me, and it's the first time we're also filming it. So it's a little extra complexity, but I'm really grateful. I just want to tell you a tiny bit about him from my perspective. I'm actually looking forward to getting to know you a little better, John, because I've seen you. We've been in um, situations together, but now I'm going to get to know a little bit about your heart. But what I would say, Holy Spirit told me, and what I've observed of my guest, John, is that he's a gentle giant. And it's not just because he's tall and I'm five foot two, but he's a giant in the kingdom. He's a giant because he has such honor for those that he's around. He's a giant because he's not only full of honor, but he pursues God. And I love his obedience to God. I love his pursuit for God. I love that he's kind and he's competent. He always wants to do his best. And I think that's just kingdom to just do whatever we do, small things, big things, whatever God sees, whatever God isn't seen. John does his things with excellence. So one of the things, John, we'll get to this, but one of the things that I remember with excellence is that you had me film just a little something when I was at Global Awakenings Summer School, which is called GSI. And and I just remember you were kind. And I was like, where am I going? I'm going down this road with this gentleman. I don't know where I'm going. Okay, now we're sort of like in a strip mall. I don't know where we're going. And I felt so safe with you. And it was just all really, really good. And you were you were just kind. And I just remember that. So we'll talk a little bit about how we know each other. But before we do, I just want to uh, honor you and thank you. I respect who you are. And I'm so grateful that you even said yes for this. I'm like, woohoo. So this is a good day for me. So John, you know that this is called the real deal. And in a minute, I'm going to ask you who in your mind is the real deal. Like they were just the authentic real deal, but first just rapid fire. Don't overthink these. Just tell me uh, (laughs) as fast as you can. Would you consider yourself a person for coffee or tea? Well, first, Rachel, I just want to say it's such an honor to be on your podcast. Thank oh. you for having me on. It means a lot that you would um, have me be on your show for today. I'm so excited. And everybody, just because my stream of consciousness, John also just started his own podcast, Talks with Gallagher. By the time this one airs, who knows? It could be like you have blown way past the real deal. I don't even know. But oh, okay, would you say coffee or tea for you? I'm actually enjoy. Both coffee oh. and tea. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you dog, cat, either, neither? Both. Both. Okay. Mm-hmm. Morning bird or night owl, would you consider yourself? Uh, probably a morning person. Okay. Yeah. Silence or music? Depends on the music. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Books or movies? Both. Okay. John, would you consider yourself more leaned in, like kind of super hyper-focused and, and, or laid back and really easygoing, or does it depend on the circumstances as well? It depends on my task that I'm working on. Okay. When are you the most leaned in? I don't usually divert, but I want to know. When I'm working on something creative or I'm writing. Are you a driver or passenger, preferably? Depends on where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that true? Some people just are like, I'm driver. I'm like, I never thought about that, John. Like, what if you're in a foreign country? You still want to be driver? Yeah. yeah, Uh, Okay. So you know that this is called the real deal. Mm -hmm. And my dad was RD, Richard Dean, and he died in 2020. And I miss him like crazy, but he's the reason for the podcast because he always would just tell us, just be the real deal. Don't try to be anybody else. Be the RD. And he would bless us to be who we were and who we Mm -hmm. are. 
And I think it really affected me. I'm not saying I've never been influenced and thought, oh, I like this about her or that's a special quality about him, but it's always made me just want to be Rachel. And there's people that are just the real deal. My dad was in the art world. So he would say wood should be wooden and leather should be leather. And you should tell that that's an oil painting because you can see some oil on it. And you know, the, the paint is thick. And so he was always just telling us, just be authentically who you are, who in your life, John, and you can have more than one, but, uh, but just who pops into your mind is they were the real deal. They were authentically who they are or were. And how did it affect you, John? Well, the person that comes to my mind right now is my mom. My mom was authentic. It's what you see is what you had. She had a heart of compassion and uh, she loved people. And that transcended in, in every arena of her life. Mm, and, and so, so good. Yeah. And so she held that authenticity. People knew it regardless, even like, you know, one of her favorite places was going to Trader Joe's, not because of getting food, but because of the opportunity of um, reaching out to people and, um, you know, and sharing uh, God's love with them in you know, just on a, in a simple way, but still profound. And I'm sure you were sometimes with her and observed it, right? Like oh, you yes. just thought, oh, she's going to talk to people or she's going to yes. greet the checkers or. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's so good. Now, John, I'm glad you mentioned her because I do want to talk to you a little bit about that because it, it was recent that you lost your mom. I think we may have lost our parent in the same year. Was it 2020? Yes. August of 2020 is when my mom passed away due to an aggressive form of breast cancer. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. We miss her every day, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what is one thing that you feel like with your DNA and the way God made you that is similar or something of a quality of your mom's? I love people. I think that's that's a very similar, you know, similar transcending quality that I've taken from my mom. Yeah, it's so true. Because, okay, so we're going to go back to how we met. But I would say, John, that I thought while I was at global awakening, this guy's everywhere. How can he be in like everybody's group? And how come he's like in every one of the rooms and I see him during worship time. And now I see him, you know, I see him like when we're out in the hallways and then I see him and then I on the, all the outreaches. And then I realized what you do for global awakening. And I'm like, well, that's why he has to be omnipresent. So, <laughs> and you do love people so well. I feel like you were hanging out with staff and then you would hang out with interns. And then I could see you with the new students and I could see you be everywhere and not like in a schmooze it up way and have to be all networky, but just mm. laughing and having a good time and enjoying people. So tell me how you, what, how you uh, landed being at Global Awakening, or a little bit of the background of the filming piece, and then I want to get to writing as well. Yeah, it actually goes all the way back to 2008. Okay. That's, that's when I graduated with uh, Associates of Applied Science and in Computer Information Systems, and I was uh, doing uh, tech support at an internet service provider. And uh, I was seeking God. I was looking at getting into cybersecurity and I was, or information technology and systems. Um, and remember, this was in 2008, right? This is a year before the iPhone came out in 07. Um, and, you know, I grew up in church. I loved God. Uh, and um, I just wanted to be obedient son to be led to how he was leading me in my career and my academic choices. And so when I was spending time with God, I had the strong impression inside of me and um, and Holy Spirit was like, do you want to do what you think you should do? Or do you want to do what I'm leading you to do? And it like it didn't make 
whole lot of logical sense to shift my career because I was winning state awards in 4-H. I was successful um, acad- academically as well sure. in computers. And like in the natural, it all made sense. And even my dad has been in the IT uh, career space pretty much all his life. And, um, you know, it was more of a clear career trajectory of what that looked like in the future. And so then I'm like, well, Holy Spirit, what, what, what is that? What, you know, and Holy Spirit's, well, um, I, I want you to, in this time and season and place to, uh, go into the visual arts and to, uh, shift and change culture for my kingdom, uh, with, with video, with the visual arts, um, wow. and make a difference in that. And I basically had this, this, this vision that I had, uh, from, the Lord in regards to uh, the visual arts and media at that time. And so, so, yeah. So was it like, was it like, um, sorry to interrupt. I just, uh, so I wrote this book, he speaks and I'm mm-hmm. trying to tell people he's always speaking. And I yeah. just get fascinated with when you said you had this impression, that the Holy Spirit speaking to you. I always like to unpack that a little bit. So you're just mm-hmm. by yourself at the time and you mm-hmm. kind of see it almost like a little flash or was it like a mini movie? How, how did that come in? Yeah. So it was just me spending time in the secret place with God. Yeah. And it was, it was, I'm trying to describe it because it's kind of hard to describe in words. It was right. a combination of as if like a book or a document or a scroll was like brought into my frame of thought. It was like not just information, but instruction. Um, so I didn't really get like a visual spectacle of okay. something. It was more of, I'm, he- I'm hesitant to use the word download, but it was more of a, I was receiving uh, information from Holy Spirit about what this all entailed. And it was enough of a shift that he needed to alert you to a change that was going to be made or a choice, I guess I'd say that you would have. Both. Both change and choice. Yeah. So, yeah, that led me to shifting where I went to getting my bachelor's degree. Um, and so I did not know where I would go. <laughs> okay. Um, I knew for IT more of an idea. So, uh, you know, I knew I want to stay in the state of Illinois. And that's where I'm from originally, from Chicago originally. And I and I knew that I want to go to some type of, you know, uh, Christian worldview type you know, college. Okay. Um, and so with that in mind, I went to Moody Bible Institute. Moody Bible Institute at the time still had audio production and radio. We in okay. college, the same thing. And then, you know, sometimes when God asks you to do something in obedience, you're like, wait, this is not making sense. Like you've asked me to do this, but you know, like the opportunity or the, even the system, is not even there yet? Um, and so I'm like, well, let me compromise and check out a secular college downtown Columbia college. And uh, their admission process and just everything just didn't work out. So seeking the Lord on it. And then my mom's friend's daughter went to Judson University. I had no idea what Judson University was. And it was about I have a friend 30, that graduated from there. Yeah, about 35 minutes away. And so I'm like, let me go. And so we had a point with the advisor. And, uh, you know, I didn't know who this person was um, at the time. But yeah. uh, the advisor was Darren Wilson. And Darren Wilson, you know, he's the one that made Furious Love, Father Lights, Holy Ghost, right? Making these God Adventure documentaries with prophetic people um, and evangelists. 
And wow. so I just shared him like my vision and everything like that. And he's like, well, what classes do you want to do? You know? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm still deciding on this. But as we kept talking and as the Lord was moving in that conversation, um, it was clear that this was the only open door for me to walk into. Um, and so from there, I was there for three years and had my Bachelor's of Arts in Media and Communications. And that led me on a trajectory of thinking I would land doing editing at a faith-based uh, movie um, organization. But okay. I en- ended up doing a lot of freelance, which was a whole another education in itself, which I'm thankful for. It was quite difficult, but it was uh, many lessons that I um, thankful I've learned. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> to speed up a little bit more, uh, a friend of mine in Florida recommended me to apply at Global Awakening um, as a video producer role. And so at the time I was doing freelance, but before I was also have, I did work at another large ministry in Chicago as a vid- video editor piloting their series for TBN and had other prior video uh, production experience. Um, so you had that. enough in your resume to feel like, oh, okay, I can go do this because I've been doing projects. Yeah. <clears throat> right. And, I, and I've been on um, different film sets, Mom's Night Out and Run the Race. And, and I've had both industry experience and market, uh, you know, the marketplace as well as ministry experience. So kind of a, a full, I've seen kind of the different realms of, yeah. uh, of media. And that's cards in your deck, so to speak, you know, yeah. for a full hand, you know. Yeah, and then I was a bit hesitant to actually want to do my skill set um, in a ministry environment, just based on some prior experiences that I had that yeah. uh, weren't the best. Um, and so, as God worked on my heart with that, my friend called me and said, "Hey, you want to check this job at Global Awakening with you know with Randy Clark?" And I'm like, "I've heard of Randy Clark here and there, but I and I, you know, I didn't know what Global Awakening did or what right. it was, and so." Um, I was, though, familiar with the apostolic and the prophetic, but that's a whole other story of how God led me into that. But um, so I <laughs> so I, I applied uh, to the position um, and felt like God was transitioning me in that season. Yeah. Um, you know, in Ephesians, it says that, I think it's chapter two, right after, you know, your uh, masterpiece, you're created in Christ Jesus to good, do good works. But the part that says that he's prepared in advance for us to do mm-hmm. always amazes me because God does go, I'm going to have this person call John, and then I'm going to have this door closed, and I'm going to have this happen so that when we're following him, it doesn't feel like we're, I'm not saying it's never difficult or we don't do work. That's not what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. but it's sort of a path of ease because he's prepared in advance the things we're to do. And I even, this is a silly example, but I often tell young gals that I mentee that the first report I ever gave in, in school as fifth grader, where we had to do like a little report and had to, you know, get the gross national product and find out about that and give our little report was for Peru. Mm. Okay. The first missions trip I ever went on to foreign soil was to Peru. And I kind of laugh going, God prepares Mm. in advance the things we're to do. So it's really cool for me to hear your story of how God was closing certain doors, opening others, having people call you, having you get this, you know, this impression and this vision. That's way, way cool. But you know what? My I'm not saying my audience won't, but not everybody in my audience will understand or know some of what you just talked about with Global Awakening. So I know you're not the spokesperson for Global, but in a nutshell, tell us what Global Awakening is, because it changed my life to be able to Mm. be there for the summer. And I just, I was hungry for all of it. So tell me in a nutshell, how will you explain to people what you do or what Global's all about? 
Sure. Yeah, Global Awakening is a unique organization. Uh, some people are like, is it a church? I'm like, no, it's not really a church. What I would say Global Awakening is, it's uh, a spiritual training uh, boot camp, you know, for uh, believers that are hungry for more of God and are desiring more of Him in a fresh uh, in a fresh way. Uh, and I was going to say new, but it's like an old, ancient, new way, right? Um, like the fullness of the gospel being presented in the life of the believer. So that's what I would say. And there's different, uh, you know, avenues of extensions that Global Weekend provides with that. And as Rachel mentioned, that's GSI, which is a three-month intensive. Uh, there's also the nine-month, and then there's also um, trips and conferences that um, can kind of immerse you into uh, you know, uh, that spiritual experience. Let's pause a second. If you are enjoying The Real Deal with Rachel Inouye, subscribe, rate, and review it. I appreciate your support. All right, back to The Real Deal. John, let me ask you, when you when you went to Global Awakening, mm-hmm. was there anything that the Holy Spirit was doing that was new or different to you just from your church experience? Or was it kind of like, Oh, I've been around all of this kind of thing. Because for me, there was a lot offered and that was wonderful. I'm talking about mm-hmm. expression of worship, things that people might do uh, with their bodies or how they would join. And was any of that foreign or different to you? Or was that kind of like, no, I'm I'm used to this? Well, because of my prior hunger before coming to Global Awakening, um, I was attending some prophetic conferences as well as some apostolic events as well. Um, and so I've seen... The Holy Spirit move in some unique, different ways, um, yeah. and so I wasn't uh, surprised, but I was thankful because I've also been in sensationist environments as well, um, places that don't believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit, and so um, I think those experiences as well have uh, given me a lot of appreciation, and um, I don't have. I don't take the supernatural for granted because I know what it's like to be in an environment that's dry. Right. Right. Uh, So it was, it was really neat to see hungry people pursuing God in that more. Yeah. Wow. That's such a good way to put it because hunger is always satisfied. God always satisfies and then you're more hungry, but he always satisfies and then you're more hungry. And there is a rivers of living water that come from within and a place that is dry. You can feel it, especially if you've had drinks, (laughs) you know, if you've had drinks somewhere else, then it's like you, you do feel the dryness. Oh, that's so good. So was it, was it hard for you to pick up and move? And because this is kind of, kind of cross country. I mean, you weren't going from the West to the East, but it's a number of miles from home. Tell me a little bit about your first adjustment. Yeah. So as you heard earlier, I am from Chicago originally, and I had to move to Pennsylvania for working a little waking. I did not know anybody here in Pennsylvania, nobody. Um, and so, yeah, uh, God also provided the logistics of, of rooming as well um, and all those things that are involved with transitioning. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I would say there was a grace in the transition, but it was uh, just uh, – you know, having to stretch my social and emotional capacity yeah. um, in that transition. Did you miss home? Well, I would say that probably one of the things that I missed about home was just uh, my previous uh, friends and family because um, I was not near them. Right. And global kind of be 
well, what I observe of when I was there, there's definitely a family feel. They like- so you kind of became part of a new family, so to speak. Right. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you divorce your family. I'm not saying that, but you were right. in, embraced into it. A second family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, tell me in what way you feel that moving and starting where everything was fresh grew you up. I think the real deal is, you know, seeing other um, ministry leaders, um, mm. other other people who have a sphere of influence, spiritually speaking, sure. um, and seeing how they approach and communicate in different challenges or in different situations or even their own experiences and how and what God taught them in that. And then also off camera and what is said and what's shared. Servant leadership, I would say, is definitely also something that um, I have had to really dig into more for that being something that was a real deal for me personally. Because, you know, there's one it's one thing reading about like John Maxwell and on servant leadership, but then there's another thing, you know, how does that get applied in your, um, you know, workplace or in your life? And so I've, I've had to really apply a lot of things that I learned over the years into what I do today. I, I would I would assume that it could be like just doing another take of something or getting something for somebody, whether it's, okay, you know what, we've been here a bit and I should have had bottles of water or I had bottles of water right before. Whatever those things are, I'm glad you mentioned the part about like not being starstruck to be mm-hmm. in the room with some of these people. But mm-hmm. seriously, John, you have had quite a compliment of people that you have met. And mm-hmm. you guys need to follow John Gallagher on uh, Instagram <laughs> because his pictures alone, like seriously, not everybody knows, like you're in a sphere sort of, and then some people will know all the people in that sphere. And then somebody mm-hmm. else will bring you into another sphere. And then there's more people in that sphere. But I mean, you've been able to film or been, you know, with a lot of people, whether it's Justin Allen or Sean Smith or Leif Hetland or Heidi, or for sure, Randy Clark or Tom Jones or Brian Starley or Joanne Moody. It just goes on and on and on. And I think one of the things that like I would say is you didn't know who Rachel Inouye was, but when you took me over and we just did this little thing, we're very kind. And I didn't feel stiff. Mm. I am somebody who is okay with, you know, camera or talking or whatever, but I didn't feel stiff because you made me comfortable, mm. you know, and, and you didn't go like, okay, that's not what I'm looking for. Would you do that again? <laughs> you know, it's just very friendly and, and yeah. you really do have a gift. You really do. And it's, it's, it translates on film. So that's wonderful. So is there somebody in that compliment that you just remember thinking, I can't believe I'm here today and I get to do this. Uh, so-and-so just said this or Holy Spirit used this person. And maybe there isn't something that stands out, but how do you feel during There's, those times? No, there is. So I've had the honor to film more than once actually has been uh, Sammy Marugas. Uh, okay. The, the reason why is um, he's not just a pastor in a church. He's not just a pastor of pastors, but he also uh, was one of the executive producers of the movie Breakthrough, and is also one of the men in uh, Hollywood sphere, as well as in the ministry sphere, that is really championing and uh, pioneering uh, faith-based content in Hollywood in a non-cookie-cutter, cheesy way. Mm, So good. And so part of his calling, I can relate to on many levels based upon that encounter that I had in 2008. And so hearing his story and his testimony 
Um, and even his interactions with Devon Franklin, who is also an executive producer in Hollywood, and how they both have championed that momentum in Hollywood to see better content out in the screens. Oh, isn't that incredible? Because it needs to be a level of excellence that makes everybody want to see it. You know, yeah. our God yeah. is worth everything. Our God is worth our very best effort for right. sure. And good content. Yeah. And, and, so, not, not, and not just for believers, but really also, especially for non-believers. Yeah, exactly. To do the very best. Well, that's really great. So you've had the opportunity to interview him or be filming certain things like that. How much freedom do you have with what is done? Is there somebody that says like, John, we need you to get this or that, or is it when you get to put together like a montage? When do you feel the most energized? Because that's part of how God wired you. And mm -hmm. so that's what I'm excited about. It's like, you know, Rachel in a way, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. I really do want to know, like, what, what do you go like, Oh, I'm on the planet and now I'm getting to do X. What is that for you? I like to look at my job as more so someone who creates time capsules, time like time machine technology, where I'm capturing in that time and space an event or place or uh, moment yeah. where I'm taking that time and space with and then pushing that out to another time and space for someone to watch in another time and space to experience. Um, That's a so, good way to put it. Yeah. And so knowing that that type of time release capsule is making a, a difference in people's lives. Um, and sometimes it's hard to trace how that even goes, but God knows ultimately. But I do hear uh, feedback at different moments of how that video increased their faith or that video challenged them to walk in a greater uh you know, depth in God uh, just yeah. shows me just the significance that video has on people. Right. Cause whatever it contained, it's been released. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a, a, you know, we're the aroma of Christ. It's almost like there's a scent, there's a smell, there's an atmosphere, there's a experience that is now being sent out to that new time frame, like you talked about. Well, even when I watch something, I think actually something that you put together from GSI night 2019 was maybe like used for, promotional oh, something or whatever. And people video? sent it to me. Yeah. I saw you in this. And I'm like, John did this. I can know. I know he did this. And it is kind yeah. of exciting because you have this task of taking all of this mm -hmm. and bringing it down the funnel into, you know, a two minute, a three minute, depending on whatever that is. And it yeah. was just fun for me because I'm like, there's a summer being boiled down into this reduction of wonderful. I saw the different speakers. I saw the people flagging or dancing. I saw us out, you know, on the streets of Harrisburg or downtown. It was, it was just really neat. So I, I love the part about time capsule. That's awesome. Okay. I want to take a different track for a second because we, we don't have forever, but I want, um, I hope that this won't be painful for you, but I do uh, sure. love the way you honor your mom. And, and you put some pictures up of her and things like that on your yeah. Instagram. And, and I feel like with the great cloud of witnesses, like it talks about in Hebrews 12, I, I seriously feel like my dad is proud of me and my dad yeah. is here and I don't like talk to him, but I just believe they're yeah. cheering us on John and they, yeah. what they did, we take a baton and we go, and then we're part of them. And it's just beautiful. Yeah. What, tell me something about, um, what you've, 
learned about God, or I always say to people when God became more real with your mom's either sickness, diagnosis, whatever, what was it where you maybe encountered God in a new way? Is there anything that stands out to you? That's a great question. Uh, And I think whenever you lose a loved one, uh, that meant a lot to you in, in, in the capacity that it is as a mother, she, you know, awfully birthed me on this planet. Right. Um, and we were close to, I think, um, you learn more about how to, um, trust God in your response to grief in your own humanity, not, um, pushing aside what grief is, but allowing that grief to be a healing mom for, uh, that loss. But at the same time, knowing that, that God is going to provide, um, greater insight into how her life, like, has made an impact on my life as well as other people that I didn't know until in different opportune times. So, um, and it has also assured me, my mom used to say life is but a vapor, but it just shows me just like the sense of urgency in a healthy way that we have on this planet. We don't know how long we have on this planet for, but making the most of every day, taking yes. Seizing the day for the kingdom of God and being uh, intentional with uh, the calling and purpose and destiny that God has uh, for our lives to, to you know, make an impact because souls is what we bring back to heaven, right? There's nothing else really. And so um, it just kind of showed me just the more significance of that. Yeah, yeah. And the finality of life. It's interesting because you don't know this, but for years I've given a talk called Life is a Vapor. Oh, really? (laughs) And I used to bring a camera up long ago when they had a camera where it would like, you know what I mean? And then two frames. And the frame was that you look back and you you look back with gratitude at the things that God has done. And they were empty frames. Mm. And then I'd take that same frame and I'd hold it with my other hand. And you look forward with faith, because if he did this, he'll do that. But what are you looking forward to? Because life is a vapor. And so capture it, make sure you're going like where God wants you to do and capture those memories. And the memories you have of your mom and with your mom can never be taken from you. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're always there and um, they're your treasure. They're your treasure. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't, like I said, I never met her, but I just love the way you honor her even on social media. And it seems like How's your dad doing? It seems like you guys are, you know, forging forward the two of you, right? Yeah, my dad's doing great, actually. Uh, He recently got married last month. Uh, Wow. That's a whole other story in itself. Uh, So my dad's doing great. Was your heart open for that? Or did it become open? I would say it became open. It was not something that I was personally expecting in the timing that or maybe ready for. Yeah. Um, I would say God was, I think showing me signs, but, um, just the, 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 the speed in which it happened was quicker than I anticipated, but, um, she's, she's great. And I see that she is great for him and, Mm. um, and they're in a new season. And, you know, she lost her husband from an unexpected heart attack in his sleep. And so they, they met at some different Christian grief groups and just yeah. hit, it, hit it off. So I'm very thankful um, that 
my dad has the support that he has where I'm not able to have a certain capacity of support because of where I'm living now. So I'm, I'm, so God knows best and he, he knows um, yeah. what we need. So he, wow. he knew what, what my dad needed. Yeah. And in some ways there's maybe a release of pressure to have to be something for him that is only God's role anyway. You know what I mean? For you to have right. to step up and, and I'm not saying that you don't call and talk to him, but you, there's not a pressure to mm-hmm. be all things now that your mom is gone and, and God mm-hmm. has kind of taken care of that one too. And you get to go check in as much as you want and as often as you need, but also live your life too, which is kind of beauty, beautiful yeah. there. Yep. So yeah, yep. well, I didn't know that. That's a, you know, not like that you would have to say that, but that's a big difference. Yeah. John, do you have siblings? Are you an only child? I think, are you an only child? I'm actually the oldest, but I have two younger sisters. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Um, yeah. You'd be a good big brother. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, my parents were told for 10 years, they couldn't have children by different doctors. Um, and so my parents wanted it to be all natural and just God, you know, supernaturally. Yeah you know, make it happen. And that's a whole nother testimony, but yeah, here we are. Um, so you came along and then what's the age difference between you and your next sibling? We're three years apart. And I just turned 34 uh, last month. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. That's so exciting. Oh gosh. I, you know, I could talk to you for hours. I just want you to share <laughs> one thing, maybe in closing, like the final thought would be you film all over the world. You go on many of these trips with Randy Clark. You've seen things in the supernatural. You Would you just explain something where as you were either filming it or putting it together, you thought, wow, I serve a big God. And I believe mm-hmm. someone coming to Christ where they're under the dominion of darkness, now in the kingdom of light, is the biggest miracle ever. It's mm-hmm. Salvation is the biggest miracle. But you've also seen healings and supernatural manifestations of God. What would be one of those? And then then maybe you could pray for people as as and maybe release anything you carry, because I believe more in impartation after being part of Global Awakening than I ever did, that you've got a virus, you could carry a virus and you can <laughs> spread it. But if you've got something from the Holy Ghost, you also can give it away. And that's how God gives us more. So you can release whatever you want to me and to my listeners. But um, what, what stands out to you in the things you've been able to encounter so far? My prayer was to see the church be hungry again, right? And what does that really look like? And I would say when, you know, I've been editing different content that seeing worship in a, in a in one accord in a corporate um, church environment where it's so much hunger in the room where it's like you cannot not be hungry it's like a vacuum not to be hungry and just the splendor of the presence of God being so strong where miracles are just popping like popcorn left and right I would say one of the miracles that really astounded me that in my mind, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, but in my spirit, I was overjoyed with what was taking place. Was a young man who had metal sticking out of his left exterior leg, and uh, it's his kneecap, and he was on crutches, and he couldn't put any pressure on his foot. He couldn't bend his foot in any particular way in a normal sense, uh, and. Uh, one of the global ministry team people prayed for him, and he was able to walk uh, without crutches, without pain, and have the mobility that he didn't have before. 
And I don't know if he was in a car accident. I think that's maybe what happened. Uh, but uh, metal miracles are some of the most outstanding miracles that I've witnessed. I've also seen sometimes they keep their x-rays with them. So there was two metal rods in this gentleman's kneecap. He couldn't bend. He couldn't uh, do your normal things of what you do with your knee. Right, with and, your knee. And he was able to run, kneel, squat, <laughs> sit, just all that <laughs> stuff. And he was running around and the whole crowd was just clapping and rejoicing. And it was like, just like a slice of heaven. So, um, yeah. And honestly, are you trying to film this? Yeah, I, I film both of these things. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, and you're you trying know, to keep your faculties together at the same time. Yeah, I'm like, enjoy this, it. Yeah, I'm like, is this happening? You know, and then oh my gosh, it is happening right? at the same time. And yeah, there's also amazing miracles with like blind eyes opening and ear deaf yeah. ears opening, and yeah. you know, people with you know long term pain for 30 years that goes away, and other things that are like oh my gosh, I didn't know someone get, can get healed. I didn't know that was a <laughs> healing that needed you know, or condition right. that they need a healing for, you know? So, uh, but uh, because of the metal being so visible um, and you can feel it, you can touch, it, you can see it, it, it. It's, it's really like, Oh my gosh, this is, yeah. this is something else. Yeah. It's a faith builder, you know, when mm -hmm. really faith is being sure of what you can't see, but when you can see something and then now it disappears, there's definitely yep. a, a, it's a change and, and you can't uh, deny a testimony like that. You know, God is moving and God wants to continue to move in that way. I, I told people when I came back from global, I can't explain it necessarily, but you can't unsee things. <laughs> and you can't unexperience them. So you yeah. can tell me certain, you know, that whole Brandon Lake song that don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't yeah. do it. You know, and that whole part, because you can't, if you've seen things, you can't unsee them and you know, God is moving in that way. Yeah. Uh, well, John, do you have anything else that you really want to share? Because I've kind of steered you maybe more than what you wanted. Um, is there anything you want to share? Otherwise, if you share whatever, but otherwise um, if you'd pray for our audience and then I would just love to pray a blessing on you. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I would say that God loves to make the, what seemingly in the natural impossible, possible. Amen. And, you know, whatever you might be facing today, you know, in your life, whatever, maybe uh, healing that you're believing God for personally, yeah. or if you're believing that for a loved one or, a, you know, a close friend, family member, um, you're believing God for that, that, you know, God can make that what seemingly impossible or impossible possible. And sometimes God can do it in a way where, you know, we don't expect, we don't anticipate, we don't, you know, wow, that was the outcome, but we serve a good, good father. So believing in expectancy that in the end, the outcome will be a good thing. Um, even if it may be an outcome that we may not understand at that moment in time, that God in his infinite wisdom has much better understanding than we do. And sometimes mm -hmm. God shows us in life some more of what that actually meant, but that's just more of an invitation to pursue God in, in yes. a deeper way. And for that to be an expression of frequency, right. For others that come alongside of us. So yes. I just really believe that whoever's watching right now, that their faith level and their expectancy to see God move will not only increase, but see that become extended in, in their mm. life personally too. Mm. 
So good. So good. Yay. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you just pray whatever's in your spirit? That, that alone was just a prayer, a heart cry for you, for what you expect and want for other people to have. But I love the word expectancy. Mm-hmm. Expectation means it's set. Expectancy it means it could be even beyond that, but God's doing something. So and you do that, and then I'll pray for you. Th- by the way, thank you for your time. I so appreciate it. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, it's you're good. Welcome. And, and we will be talking about other things because I may have techie questions or I may have video questions. And, and I, yeah, okay. I can ask you. No problem. Yeah. yeah, expectancy is a key of unlocking miracles, right? Amen. And expectancy isn't necessarily something that you're using your mind to try to mm. work up in your own. It's not a striving thing. Amen. It's, it's um, out of your identity with Christ. It is believing that God can move in that circumstance, in that situation. So, yeah. Father, I just thank you, Father, that you're moving on the hearts of people that are watching and listening to this podcast. And I ask you, Father, that um, you would just blow your wind of Holy Spirit upon them bring them refreshing and renewed strength. And I thank you, God, that you're increasing the more that expectancy for them to believe you in greater ways and more ways than they thought was possible. And that even in their, uh, what they've been praying for, what they've been leaving God for, Father, that, uh, that you would answer their prayer in the best way, the best timing that you know how as a good, good Father. So I thank you, God, for um, how you are moving on the hearts of people that are watching and listening to this and that uh, you're going to just encounter them in a new, fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you, John. Lord, I just pray for John. I just release peace over him in any place where there's just a ruffled feather. I just speak to that and I say, peace, be still in Jesus' name. Just the shalom of heaven. Nothing broken and nothing missing. Peace. I thank you for the way you have guided John through his life. I thank you that you're not going to stop. It's just going to continue. God, that you have a good plan for him to give him a future and a hope. I just bless him from the top of his head. God, I couldn't reach it if I was standing near him, but you can. So reach it from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, Father. I pray for his night seasons of rest. I pray that he would encounter you in new ways. God, he has opened himself up to so much of your goodness. But if there's anything that just needs to unfold like a flower in the sun, I just ask God for he to be for him to be completely open to your goodness. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that you have new plans for him, God. And I pray that he would hear your voice and he would continue to go. God, whatever is the desire of his heart, I thank you that you intend to meet it. If it's staying where he is or moving somewhere different or as he proceeds, forward, Lord. I bless him with people in his life of influence, people that would support him, people that would put wind in his sails, uh, a spouse if he wants that in the future, God, that you would just bless him beyond his wildest dreams, God, that you would give him what his heart longs for. I thank you, God, that you're working even in our grief as I miss my mom, my dad, and he misses his mom, that you are the one. They're acquainted with grief. You're a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, and you are the one who gives us the balm of Gilead when we need it. So I just praise you that you're going to do that for him too. And I thank you for his time today, God. And we just both agree that for the person listening or watching, God, that you're meeting them where they are, that you see them, you know them, you have good intentions toward them and for them. And God, I just ask by your Holy Spirit that you would be leading people that are listening to the real deal into more of a greater sense of who you are, that you really are good and you're for them. You're never against them. And so God, I just pray like my dad would often pray, Lord, for all the people who are listening, We ask that you would help us be the best we can be, and we'll thank you 
in Christ's name. And so God, I just ask for that in Jesus name. Amen. So go and be blessed today, people. Be the real deal. Be who you are. And John, I thank you again for your time. It's been really delightful. And and I, I hope that maybe in the future we can do another one. Who knows? Yeah, that'll be awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rachel, for having me on. It was such a delightful time. It's good. Well, I really, really value who you are. You're, you're quite amazing. And I'm thankful for your friendship instead of just, yeah, I knew him one day that you would even be able to be, you know, continue to be a friendship that we can unpack. Who knows what the future holds? Yeah. Amen to that. Amen. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You have a great day there in Pennsylvania. Thank you, Rachel. Okay. Thank you. You've been listening to The Real Deal with me, Rachel Inouye, helping people celebrate their significance and the genius of God in them. Audio engineering by my husband, Michael Inouye. Thanks, babe. Theme music by Andrew Grace. 